Act Three of the First Part of King Henry the Fourth by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene One, Bangor, the Archdeacon's House. Enter Hotspur, Worcester. Mortimer and Glendower. These promises are fair, the party sure, and our induction full of prosperous hope. Lord Mortimer and cousin Glendower, will you sit down? And Uncle Worcester. Ah, a plague upon it. I have forgot the map. No, here it is. Sit, cousin Percy. Sit, good cousin Hotspur. For by that name, as oft as Lancaster doth speak of you, his cheek looks pale, and with a rising sigh he wisheth you in heaven. And you in hell, as oft as he hears Owen Glendower spoke of. I cannot blame him. At my nativity, the front of heaven was full of fiery shapes, of burning cressets, and at my birth the frame and huge foundation of the earth shaped like a coward why so it would have done at the same season if your mother's cat had but kittened though yourself had never been born i say the earth did shake when i was born and i say the earth was not of my mind if you suppose as fearing you had shook the heavens were all on fire the earth did tremble oh then the earth shook to see the heavens on fire and not in fear of your nativity diseased nature oftentimes breaks forth in strange eruptions oft the teeming earth is with a kind of colic pinched and vexed by the imprisoning of unruly wind within a womb which for enlargement striving shakes the old beldam earth and topples down steeples and moss-grown towers at your birth our grandam earth having this distemperature in passion shook cousin of many men i do not bear these crossings give me leave to tell you once again that at my birth the front of heaven was full of fiery shapes the goats ran from the mountains and the herds were strangely clamorous to the frighted fields these signs have marked me extraordinary and all the courses of my life do show i am not in the role of common men where is she living clipped in with the sea that chides the banks of england scotland wales which calls me pupil or hath read to me and bring him out that is but woman's son can trace me in the tedious ways of art and hold me pace in deep experiments i think there's no man speaks better welsh out to dinner peace cousin percy you will make him mad i can call spirits from the vasty deep why so can i or so can any man but will they come when you do call for them why i can teach you cousin to command the devil and i can teach thee cause to shame the devil by telling truth tell truth and shame the devil if thou have power to raise them bring him hither and i'll be sworn i have power to shame him hence oh, while you live tell truth and shame the devil come come no more of this unprofitable chat three times hath henry bolingbroke made head against my power 
thrice from the banks of wye and sandy bottom seven have i sent him bootless home and weather-beaten back home without boots and in foul weather too how scapes ye use in the devil's name come here's the map shall we divide our right according to our threefold order tin the archdeacon hath divided it into three limits very equally england from trent and severn hitherto by south and east is to my part assigned all westward wales beyond the severn shore and all the fertile land within that bound to owen glendower and dear cause to you the remnant northward lying off from trent and our indentures tripartite are drawn which being sealed interchangeably a business that this night may execute to-morrow percy you and i and my good lord of worcester will set forth to meet your father and the scottish power as is appointed us at throsbury my father glendower is not ready yet nor shall we need his help these fourteen days within that space you may have drawn together your tenants friends and neighbouring gentlemen a shorter time shall send me to you lords and in my conduct shall your ladies come from whom you now must steal and take no leave for there will be a world of water shed upon the parting of your wives and you methinks my merity north from burton here in quantity equals not one of yours see how this river comes me cranking in and cuts me from the best of all my land a huge half-moon a monstrous cantle out i'll have the current in this place dammed up and here the smug and silver trent shall run in a new channel fair and evenly it shall not wind with such a deep indent to rob me of so rich a bottom here not wind it shall it must you see it doth yea but mark how he bears his course and runs me up with like advantage on the other side gelding the opposed continent as much as on the other side it takes from you yea but a little charge will trench him here and on this north side win this cape of land and then he runs straight and even i'll have it so a little charge will do it i'll not have it altered will not you no no you shall not who shall say me nay why that will i <laughs> let me not understand you then speak it in welsh i can speak english lord as well as you for i was trained up in the english court where being but young i framed to the harp many an english ditty lovely well and gave the tongue a helpful ornament a virtue that was never seen in you mary and i am glad of it with all my heart i'd rather be a kitten and cry mew than one of these same meter ballad mongers i'd rather hear a brazen canstick turned or a dry wheel grate on the axle-tree and that would set my teeth in nothing on edge nothing so much as mincing poetry <sighs> tis like the forced gate of a shuffling nag come you shall have trent turned i do not care i'll give thrice so much land to any well-deserving friend but in the way of bargain mark ye me i'll cavil on the ninth part of a hair are the indentures drawn shall we be gone the moon shines fair 
you may away by night i'll haste the writer and withal break with your wives of your departure hence i am afraid my daughter will run mad so much she doteth on her mortimer exit fie cousin percy how you cross my father i cannot choose sometime he angers me with telling me of the mouldwarp and the aunt of the dreamer merlin and his prophecies and of a dragon and a finless fish a clip-winged griffin and a molten raven a couching lion and a ramping cat and such a deal of skimble scamble stuff as puts me from my faith i tell you what he held me last night at least nine hours in reckoning up the several devil's names that were his lackeys i cried oh, and well go to but marked him not a word oh he is as tedious as a tired horse a railing wife worse than a smoky house i'd rather live with cheese and garlic in a windmill far than feed on cates and have him talk to me in any summer-house in christendom in faith he is a worthy gentleman exceedingly well-read and profited in strange concealments valiant as a lion and wondrous affable and as bountiful as mines of india shall i tell you cousin he holds your temper in a high respect and curbs himself even of his natural scope when you come cross his humour faith he does i warrant you that man is not alive might so have tempted him as you have done without the taste and danger and reproof but do not use it oft let me entreat you in faith my lord you are too wilful blame and since your coming hither have done enough to put him quite beside his patience you must needs learn lord to amend this fault though sometimes it shows greatness courage blood and that's the dearest grace it renders you yet oftentimes it doth present harsh rage defect of manners want of government pride haughtiness opinion and disdain the least of which haunting a nobleman looseth men's hearts and leaves behind a stain upon the beauty of all parts besides beguiling them of commendation well i am schooled good manners be your speed here come our wives and let us take our leave re-enter glendower with the ladies this is the deadly spite that angers me my wife can speak no english i no welsh my daughter weeps she will not part with you she'll be a soldier too shield to the wars good father tell her that she and my aunt percy shall follow in your conduct speedily glendower speaks to her in welch and she answers him in the same she is desperate here a peevish self-willed harlotry one that no persuasion can do good upon the lady speaks in welsh i understand thy looks that pretty welsh which thou pourst down from these swelling heavens i am too perfect in and but for shame in such a parley would i answer thee the lady speaks again in welsh i understand thy kisses and thou mine and that's a feeling disputation but i will never be a truant love till i have learned thy language 
for thy tongue makes welsh as sweet as ditties highly penned sung by a fair queen in a summer's bower with ravishing division to her lute nay if you melt then will she run mad the lady speaks again in welsh oh i am ignorance itself in this she bids you on the wanton rushes lay you down and rest your gentle head upon her lap and she will sing the song that pleaseth you and on your eyelids crown the god of sleep charming your blood with pleasing heaviness making such difference twixt wake and sleep as is the difference betwixt day and night the hour before the heavenly harnessed team begins his golden progress in the east with all my heart i'll sit and hear her sing by that time will our book i think be drawn do so and those musicians that shall play to you hang in the air a thousand leagues from hence and straight they shall be here sit and attend come kate thou art perfect in lying down come quick quick that i may lay my head in thy lap go ye giddy goose the music plays now i perceive the devil understands welsh and tis no marvel he is so humorous by lady he is a good musician then should you be nothing but musical for you are altogether governed by humours lie still ye thief and hear the lady sing in welsh i'd rather hear lady my brach howl in irish wouldst thou have thy head broken no then be still neither tis a woman's fault now god help thee to the welsh lady's bed what's that peace she sings here the lady sings a welsh song come kate and have your song too not mine in good sooth not yours in good sooth heart you swear like a comfort maker's wife not you in good sooth and as true as i live and as god shall mend me and as sure as day <laughs> and give us such sarsenet surety for thy oath as if thou never walkst further than finsbury swear me kate like a lady as thou art a good mouth-filling oath and leave in sooth and such protest of pepper gingerbread to velvet guards and sunday citizens come sing i will not sing tis the next way to turn tailor or be red-breast teacher and the indentures be drawn i'll away within these two hours and so come in when you will exit come come lord mortimer you are as slow as hot lord percy is on fire to go but this our book is drawn we'll but seal and then to horse immediately with all my heart exeunt scene two london the palace enter the king prince of wales and others lords give us leave the prince of wales and i must have some private conference but be near at hand for we shall presently have need of you exeunt lords i know not whether god will have it so for some displeasing service i have done that in his secret doom out of my blood he'll breed revengement and a scourge for me 
but thou dost in thy passages of life make me believe that thou art only marked for the hot vengeance and the rod of heaven to punish my mistreadings tell me else could such inordinate and low desires such poor such bare such lewd such mean attempts such barren pleasures rude society as thou art matched withal and grafted to accompany the greatness of thy blood and hold their level with thy princely heart so please your majesty i would i could quit all offences with as clear excuse as well as i am doubtless i can purge myself of many i am charged withal yet such extenuation let me beg as in reproof of many tales devised which oft the ear of greatness needs must hear by smiling pick-thanks and base newsmongers i may for some things true wherein my youth hath faulty wandered and irregular find pardon on my true submission god pardon thee yet let me wonder harry at thy affections which do hold a wing quite from the flight of all thy ancestors thy place in council thou hast rudely lost which by thy younger brother is supplied and art almost an alien to the hearts of all the court and princes of my blood the hope and expectation of thy time is ruined and the soul of every man prophetically do forethink thy fall had i so lavish of my presence been so common hackneyed in the eyes of men so stale and cheap to vulgar company opinion that did help me to the crown had still kept loyal to possession and left me in reputeless banishment a fellow of no mark nor likelihood but being seldom seen i could not stir but like a comet i was wondered at that men would tell their children this is he others would say where which is bolingbroke and then i stole all courtesy from heaven addressed myself in such humility that i did pluck allegiance from men's hearts loud shouts and salutations from their mouths even in the presence of the crowded king thus did i keep my person fresh and new my presence like a robe pontifical ne'er seen but wondered at and so my state seldom but sumptuous showed like a feast and when by rareness such solemnity the skipping king he ambled up and down with shallow jesters and rash baven wits soon kindled and soon burnt carded his state mingled his royalty with capering fools had his great name profaded with their scorns and gave his countenance against his name to laugh at gibing boys and stand the push of every beardless vain comparative grew a companion to the common streets enfifed himself to popularity that being daily swallowed by men's eyes they serpented with honey and began to loathe the taste of sweetness whereof a little more than a little is by much too much so when he had occasion to be seen he was but as the cuckoo is in june heard not regarded seen 
but with such eyes as sick and blunted with community afford no extraordinary gaze such as is bent on sun-like majesty when it shines seldom in admiring eyes but rather drowsed and hung their eyelids down slept in his face and rendered such aspect as cloudy men use to their adversaries being with his presence glutted gorged and full and in that very line harry standest thou for thou hast lost thy princely privilege with vile participation not an eye but is a-weary of thy common sight save mine which hath desired to see thee more which now doth that i would not have it do make blind itself with foolish tenderness i shall hereafter my thrice gracious lord be more myself for all the world as thou art to this hour was richard then when i from france set forth at ravenspur and even as i was then is percy now now by my sceptre and my soul to boot he hath more worthy interest to the state than thou the shadow of succession for of no right nor colour like to right he doth fill fields with harness in the realm turns head against the lion's armed jaws and being no more in debt to years than thou leads ancient lords and reverend bishops on to bloody battles and to bruising arms what never-dying honour hath he got against renowned douglas whose high deeds whose hot incursions and great name in arms holds from all soldiers chief majority and military title capital through all the kingdoms that acknowledge christ thrice hath this hotspur mars in swathling clothes this infant warrior in his enterprises discomfited great douglas tain him once enlarged him and made a friend of him to fill the mouth of deep defiance up and shake the peace and safety of our throne and what say you to this percy northumberland the archbishop's grace of york douglas mortimer capitulate against us and are up but wherefore do i tell these news to thee why harry do i tell thee of my foes which are my nearest and dearest enemy thou that art like enough through vassal fear base inclination and the start of spleen to fight against me under percy's pay to dog his heels and curtsy at his frowns to show how much thou art degenerate do not think so you shall not find it so and god forgive them that so much have swayed your majesty's good thoughts away from me i will redeem all this on percy's head and in the clothing of some glorious day be bold to tell you that i am your son when i will wear a garment all of blood and stain my favours in a bloody mask which washed away shall scour my shame with it and that shall be the day whene'er it lights that this same child of honour and renown this gallant hotspur this all-praised knight and your unthought of harry chance to meet for every honour sitting on his helm would they were multitudes and on my head my shame's redoubled for the time will come that i shall make this northern youth exchange his glorious deeds for my indignities percy is but my factor good my lord to engross up glorious deeds on my behalf and i will call him to so strict account that he shall render every glory up 
yea even the slightest worship of his time or i will tear the reckoning from his heart this in the name of god i promise here the which if he be pleased i shall perform i do beseech your majesty may solve the long-grown wounds of my intemperance if not the end of life cancels all bands and i will die a hundred thousand deaths ere break the smallest parcel of this vow a hundred thousand rebels die in this thou shalt have charge and sovereign trust herein enter blunt how now good blunt thy looks are full of speed so hath the business that i come to speak of lord mortimer of scotland hath sent word that douglas and the english rebels met the eleventh of this month at shrewsbury a mighty and fearful head they are if promises be kept on every hand as ever offered foul play in a state the earl of westmoreland set forth to-day with him my son lord john of lancaster for this advertisement is five days old on wednesday next harry you shall set forward on thursday we ourselves will march our meeting is bridge north and harry you shall march through gloucestershire by which account our business valued some twelve days hence our general forces at bridge north shall meet our hands are full of business let's away advantage feeds him fat while men delay exeunt scene three eastcheap the boar's head tavern enter falstaff and bardolph <sighs> bardolph am i not fallen away vilely since this last action do i not bait do i not dwindle why my skin hangs about me like an old lady's loose gown i am withered like an old apple john well i'll repent in that suddenly while i am in some liking i shall be out of heart shortly and then i shall have no strength to repent and i have not forgotten what the inside of a church is made of i am a peppercorn a brewer's horse the inside of a church company villainous company hath been the spoil of me sir john you are so fretful you cannot live long why there it is come sing me a body song make me merry i was as virtually given as a gentleman need to be virtuous enough swore little diced not above seven times a week went to a body house not above once in a quarter of an hour paid money that i borrowed three or four times lived well and in good compass and now i live out of all order out of all compass why you are so fat sir john that you must needs be out of all compass out of all reasonable compass sir john do thou amend thy face and i'll amend my life thou art our admiral thou bearest the lantern in the poop but tis in the nose of thee thou art the knight of the burning lamp why sir john my face does you no harm no i'll be sworn i make as good a use of it as many a man doth of a death's head or a memento mori i never see thy face but i think upon hell-fire and dives that lived in purple for there he is in his robes burning burning 
If thou wert any way given to virtue, I would swear by thy face. My oath should be, by this fire that's God's angel. But thou art altogether given over, and wert indeed, but for the light in thy face, the sun of utter darkness. When thou rannest up Gad's Hill in the night to catch my horse, if I did not think thou hadst been an ignis fatius or a ball of wildfire, there's no purchase in money. Oh, thou art a perpetual triumph, an everlasting bonfire light. Thou hast saved me a thousand marks in links and torches, walking with thee in the night betwixt tavern and tavern. But the sack that thou hast drunk me would have bought me lights as good cheap as the dearest chandlers in Europe. I have maintained that salamander of yours with fire any time this two-and-thirty years. God reward me for it. Blood, I would my face were in your belly. God of mercy, so should I be sure to be heartburned. Enter hostess. How now, Dame Partlet the Hen? Have you inquired yet who picked my pocket? Why, Sir John, what do you think, Sir John? Do you think I keep thieves in my house? I have searched. I have inquired. So has my husband, man by man, boy by boy, servant by servant. The tithe of a hare was never lost in my house before. Ye lie, hostess. Bardolph was shaved and lost many a hair, and I'll be sworn my pocket was picked. Go to, you are a woman, go. Who, I? No, I defy thee. God's like, I was never called so in mine own house before. Go to, I know you well enough. No, Sir John, you do not know me sir john i know you sir john you owe me money sir john and now you pick a quarrel to beguile me of it i bought you a dozen of shirts to your back dowless filthy dowless i have given them away to baker's wives and they have made bolters of them now as i am a true woman Orland of eight shillings an ale. You owe money here besides, Sir John, for your diet and by drinkings, and money let you four and twenty pound. He had his part of it, let him pay. He, alas, he is poor, he hath nothing. How, poor? Look upon his face. What call you rich? Let them coin his nose, let them coin his cheeks. I'll not pay a denier. What, will you make a younker of me? Shall I not take mine ease in mine inn, but I shall have my pocket picked? I have lost a seal-ring of my grandfather's worth forty mark. Oh, Jesu, I have heard the prince tell him, I know not how oft, that that ring was copper. How? The prince is a jack, a sneak-cup. Splo that he were here, I would cudgel him like a dog, if he would say so. Enter the Prince and Peto, marching, and Falstaff meets them, playing on his truncheon like a fife. How now, lad? Is the wind in that door, if faith? Must we all march? Yea, two by two, Newgate fashion. 
my lord i pray you hear me what sayest thou mistress quickly how doth thy husband i love him well he is an honest man good my lord hear me prithee let her alone and list to me what sayest thou jack the other night i fell asleep here behind the arras and had my pocket picked this house is turned body-house they pick pockets what didst thou lose jack wilt thou believe me hal three or four bonds of forty pound apiece and a seal ring of my grandfather's a trifle some eightpenny matter so i told him my lord and i said i heard your grace say so and my lord he speaks most vilely of you like a foul-mouthed man as he is and said he would cudgel you what he did not there's neither faith truth nor womanhood in me else there's no more faith in thee than in a stewed prune nor no more truth in thee than a drawn fox and for womanhood maid marian may be the deputy's wife of the ward to thee go you thing go say what thing what thing what thing by a thing to thank god on i am no thing to thank god on i would thou shouldst know it i am an honest man's wife and setting thy knighthood aside thou art a knave to call me so setting thy womanhood aside thou art a beast to say otherwise say what beast thou knave thou what beast why an otter an otter sir john why an otter why she's neither fish nor flesh a man knows not where to have her thou art an unjust man in saying so thou or any man knows where to have me thou knave thou thou sayst true hostess and he slanders thee most grossly so he doth you my lord and he said this other day you owed him a thousand pound sirrah do i owe you a thousand pound a thousand pound hal a million thy love is worth a million thou owest me thy love nay my lord he call you jack and said he would cudgel you did i bardolph indeed sir john you said so yea if he said my ring was copper i say tis copper darest thou be as good as i would now why how thou knowest as thou art but man i dare but as thou art prince i fear thee as i fear the roaring of the lion's whelp and why not as the lion the king himself is to be feared as the lion dost thou think i'll fear thee as i fear thy father nay and i do i pray god my girdle break oh if it should how would thy guts fall about thy knees but sirrah there's no room for faith truth nor honesty in this bosom of thine it is all filled up with guts and midriff charge an honest woman with picking thy pocket why thou horse and impudent and boast rascal if there were anything in thy pocket but tavern reckonings memorandums of body-houses and one poor penny worth of sugar candy to make thee long-winded if thy pocket were enriched with any other injuries but these i am a villain and yet you will stand to it you will not pocket up wrong art thou not ashamed dost thou hear hal thou knowest to the state of innocency adam fell 
and what should poor jack falstaff do in the days of villainy thou seest i have more flesh than another man and therefore more frailty you confess then you picked my pocket it appears so by the story hostess i forgive thee go make ready breakfast love thy husband look to thy servants cherish thy guests thou shalt find me tractable to any honest reason thou seest i am pacified still nay prithee be gone exit hostess now hal to the news at court for the robbery lad how is that answered oh my sweet beef i must still be good angel to thee the money is paid back again oh i do not like that paying back tis a double labour i am good friends with my father and may do anything rob me the exchequer the first thing thou doest and do it with unwashed hands too do my lord i have procured thee jack a charge of foot i would it have been of horse where shall i find one that can steal well oh for a fine thief of the age of two and twenty or thereabouts i am heinously unprovided well god be thanked for these rebels they offend none but the virtuous i laud them i praise them bardolph my lord go bear this letter to lord john of lancaster to my brother john this to my lord of westmoreland exit bardolph go peter to horse to horse for thou and i have thirty miles to ride yet ere dinner-time exit peter jack meet me to-morrow in the temple hall at two o'clock in the afternoon there shalt thou know thy charge and there receive money and order for their furniture the land is burning percy stands on high and either we or they must lower lie exit rare words brave world hostess my breakfast come oh i could wish this tavern were my drum exit end of act three